Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of PTPOV. I'm Maggie, and today I have Kara and Carly with me, and we are going to discuss work-life balance and the good, bad, and ugly that goes along with it. Before we get started, I want to encourage you all to go to our Instagram page at PT underscore POV so that you can give us feedback, let us know what you think about the episode, and also drop your own work-life balance tips for us to share. We definitely don't have it all figured out and don't pretend to, so we would love to learn from you guys as well. Before we get to the meat of our episode, we're going to start with our first segment called What's on Your Mind? Let's start with Carly. What's been what's been on your mind this week? You know, Maggie, Kara, my friends, um, it has been one of those weeks where I sat down to think about what's on my mind and like 47 different things came to my head, which is probably good for our work life balance week. Um, <laughs> I am currently um, planning a wedding, um, planning a bachelorette party, kind of <laughs> like I'll I'll be there. Um, doing my brain injury certification and then doing just like work stuff. And I was like, what's on my mind. And, um, with all of those things happening, I decided to talk about how I have been watching reruns of survivor and trying to determine whether or not I could survive. That's kind of interesting. What, what do you think? Oh, no, no, no. I don't (laughs) think I would (laughs) have, I don't think I even would have made it. So here is my counter to my own point in my head, which is a terrifying place. Um, I would be really good on big brother, which is like lazy man's survivor. Um, so if any Mm. like executives for that show happen to tune in, um, (laughs) hit me up. I'm willing to take three months off of work and I'm occasionally entertaining. (laughs) Can confirm. I like it. (laughs) What about you, Kara? What's on your mind? You know, what's on my mind right now is that who knew that gin mixed with kombucha, but you know, that's just point number one. <laughs> no, no one, no one <laughs> knew that. It's not good. <laughs> Please comment if you agree. If you don't agree, I don't want to hear it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then second of all, and really the biggest point is I took a dry needling course for pelvic health therapist a few weeks ago, and I've been having kind of this numbness and tingling going down the left side or the outside of my left thigh. So kind of that lateral cutaneous nerve type thing going on. And so when we were doing the lateral thigh needling, I volunteered to step up to be the example for the instructor to needle me. And that actually helped my symptoms incredibly. So three weeks later, that kind of started coming back a little bit. And I decided to needle myself yesterday and it did help, but now I have like this giant purple bruise on the side (laughs) of my leg. So totally hit a capillary, but it's all good. Yikes. But all in all, you know, things are, things are looking up. (laughs) I've thought about taking dry needling. We'll see. It's honestly like, I haven't been able to use it a ton because in the state of Arizona, you have to submit everything to the board and you can't really do anything until it's approved. So I just got started needling this past week in the clinic and it's actually crazy. I, it wasn't like my first modality to use with patients, but it was like patients that I'd been seeing for a long time, yeah, chronic sure. pain type stuff. And wow, like the results have been really crazy. So hmm. I'm really happy that I did it. Well, all right. Maybe I will do it. 
Yeah, do it, do it. <laughs> if you guys ever need a practice subject, just fly out. To I'm Arizona. just across the country. <laughs> Got a lot of issues. Say, so if you pay for pay for my flight, I'll take the course and fly to you. <laughs> what a steal! <laughs> Package deal. Maggie, what's on your mind? Yeah, so I have been thinking about this week how becoming a physical therapist has changed my ratio of being introverted versus being extroverted. And I think that COVID plays into this too, but prior to actually working in clinic, I would have classified myself as painfully extroverted. Like I did not need a lot of alone time to recharge. I loved having roommates. I loved doing social things. I was queen of FOMO. Like I just did it, went to everything but I didn't have to talk to people all day. And so now that I'm a clinician and I talk to people all day, I feel like I spend all of my introverted energy doing that. And then I get home and sorry, my extroverted energy doing that. And I get home and I'm so much more of a hermit than I've ever been. But I also think that COVID plays into that because for a while going out in public was made me very anxious. So it's like one social event will just take the life out of me. And then last week when I had like four things to do and I get to this weekend and I told Henry that I'm not talking to anybody but him on Saturday. <laughs> I am totally with you. <laughs> Very strange transition, but I'm not mad about it. It's just funny how I think that if I had a desk job that I didn't talk to people, I would be much more extroverted outside of work hours, but totally relatable. Mm -hmm. I all of my patients ask, what are you doing on your day off? And I said, I'll be on my couch playing Animal Crossing. And they're like, that yes. sounds boring. I'm like, oh, no, no. I've been looking <laughs> forward to this for four days. It's what I need, <laughs> which is a perfect segue into work-life balance. So let's get into it. I feel like work-life balance is one of those things that Everybody, if you're a student, a clinician, or I mean, in any sort of job, know what's important. It's like we know that it is something we need to be doing for ourselves, yet it is one of the hardest things to achieve and to achieve well. And so I'm curious to hear from you guys what the, the hardest thing is for work-life balance for you two and maybe how you overcome that or how you at least try to. The hardest part is definitely just making the time for it. <laughs> yeah. It's like as much as we preach work-life balance, I think it's so hard for us to make time for things other than sitting on our couch and playing Animal Crossing, which I mean, is a, is a great use of time. Don't get me wrong. My island Thank is you for your popping. <laughs> yes. And we'll have to talk later about how your island is coming along, Carly. Um, but yeah, just making the time I think is really the hardest part for me at least. So Kara, what, what do you do about it? I mean, the, the thing that works best for me is when I can actually sit down and schedule things out as much as I'd love to be able to just be spontaneous with like, I think I'm going to do this right now. I mean, life doesn't always allow that. So I think as long as I can schedule out time and even just remind myself like, Hey, if you go for a run, you don't have to go for a super long run. Like you can go for a 20 minute run. Like that does not take that much time out of your day and it's going to be totally worth it. So I think just talking it up and managing how much long some, something is going to take and being able to schedule it in. I think that's really the, the best part to be able to make time for that. 
I feel like I, I mean, I agree with you. I think the consistency is one of the hardest things because sometimes clinic is not consistent. <laughs> so I will go to work and I'll have this plan of what I'm going to do after work. I'm going to get home at 4.45. I'm going to get to the gym by five. I'm going to start cooking dinner at X amount of time, have enough time to unwind. But then if my last slot of the day is open and there's an eval that gets tossed in there right in the nick of time, which is the best thing ever. And then you get home 30 minutes to 45 minutes later, and then it just throws off my whole stride. But I liked your strategy of just telling yourself, okay, maybe you had a 30 minute run planned. Maybe you just do 15 minutes of yoga and it's still like moving your body and releasing I don't know everything that happened that day, but it's not going for a hour run. Right. Which granted, I don't think I could handle an hour run right now. We're still <laughs> no. getting back into things a little bit, but, <laughs> but maybe one day that'll be a decision that I have to make. <laughs> Hypotheticals. Hypothetically. <laughs> and I think it's important to like the short getting in short stuff, not just taking long stuff and making it shorter, but like, man, by the time you get home from work and it's five o'clock and you know, you got to cook dinner and before you know it, it's bedtime for grandma Mags and I, that's what <laughs> seven 45 or eight, but like short things, like I'm going to take Buckley for a 10 minute walk. Cause it's nice out. And that's going to make me a happier human. Like short stuff like that is important. And I think that's, what's hard for me too. It's like, ugh, like, I always think that I have to do like for working out, I feel like it has to be like at least like half an hour, 45 minutes. And I feel like even just telling myself, Hey, even if you do something for 15 minutes, like you're still getting benefit out of it, even if it's not as much as you would hope, but it's what you have time for. And it's better than nothing. Which is exactly what I tell my patients every day. But for some reason, when I think about it in my own life, it sounds absurd, <laughs> right? <laughs> Gotta take my own advice sometimes. Amen. Carly, what's your biggest uh, struggle with maintaining work-life balance? Um, easy. The hardest part is not taking work home with me and like not physically, like I can't take my notes home. I, I have to have everything done before I go, but like mentally I'm cooking dinner and I'm out the person in this room and why I'm, they're not getting better. Or, you know, I'm thinking about discharge planning. I'm thinking about this. Oh man, I did this today. That was kind of dumb. Um, I even get to the point where I wake up in the middle of the night and I was dreaming about either real or patients that I've invented in my head. I do that. And I wake up and I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't get my minutes with this person. And then I have to sit there and be like, this person is not real. Carly, keep it together. <laughs> I like treatment plan in my head, in my sleep. And I'll wake up angry because I just want it out of my head, but <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's it. Like even on days where I don't have actual stuff to do, I just sit there and I think about work. It's like, there's not, there has to be an off switch for me, which I wish existed. Yeah. That was my follow-up question. How do you turn it off? Ah, uh, so really great. Some days I don't, I, I will. I mean, we never claim to know what we're doing completely <laughs> on this podcast. And like, I was talking to my fiance about our um, topic for today. And I said, Oh yeah, it's work-life balance. And he said, ha, you're going to get some tips. <laughs> oh crap. Yikes. <laughs> so I'm still working on that one. I'm trying to, I try to find things that, um, completely take my brain away from 
my brain, I guess, like reading a book that I really enjoy that completely takes me away or we're going to have to get like a sponsorship or something because Animal Crossing does the trick. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so, so far, Big Brother and Animal Crossing are, are targets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. They know how to get a hold. Instagram, DM us. That's funny. <laughs> I feel like my hardest thing is being a being a type A annoying person in my head is that I I always strive for like this perfect picture of work-life balance, but really I need to taper that and think about what's more realistic rather than what's perfect. And I actually was listening to a happiness podcast the other day, which is one of my favorites, but she was quoting a study that said that the most complaint that people have for work-life balance is that they don't have enough time to do things, but then when allotted more time, they still don't have enough time to do things. And so it becomes, maybe it's not a matter of us, like some days, of course, it just comes down to time, but maybe more than that, it's prioritizing what you need to do that day and not having unrealistic expectations for yourself and being self-aware enough to understand what you're feeling in that moment and what you need to maintain your emotional, physical, spiritual health, mental health, all of that good stuff. And some days that might be not working out. Some days that might be going to the grocery store or going picking up dinner on the way home rather than cooking. Or some days it might be eating a ridiculously healthy dinner because you've just gone out to eat the last two nights. <laughs> um, but one of one of the things I feel like is talked about a lot on the media and the internet and whatnot is is the vision of self-care and the importance of self-care but i feel like i don't know maybe i won't i won't say my next part yet but what does self-care look like for for you guys and i feel like sometimes it just depends on the day it's like every day is a little bit different i think you need something different depending on your life circumstances for for me some days it is like going and getting my nails done but other days it's like sitting on the couch and watching King of Queens or playing Animal Crossing, coming back to that again. Uh, (laughs) And other days it's like, hey, I'm going to go to the gym for maybe an hour and a half just to get away from things, put on my headphones, get on the treadmill, lift some weights, do some yoga. Like, I don't know. It kind of just depends. And other days, like yesterday, it was like, I got some bad news. And I was like, hey, let's go out to eat and get some nice, delicious pasta and some tiramisu. And that did the trick for me yesterday. Sounds delicious. Oh, it was. <laughs> Carabas, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Carly? Self-care to me means like stuff that's good for your soul. Like maybe someone is facials are the best thing in the world. They make you like kind of replenish your your uh kind of tank, refill your tank, I guess probably would have been a better word there. Um, but you know, some days it's it's for me routine you know, I kind of do the same thing every day and that helps. But then some days, man, my soul needs to not do the same thing that I've done for the last six days in a row. And I just need to do something totally different. Yeah. It's, I, I really liked Kara's point that it's different. It's not only different for every person, but sometimes it's different every day. <laughs> no, that's a good point. And it all, I think it all comes back to having that conversation with yourself too, and not having my unrealistic expectations of what my day is going to look like. And 
how many errands I'm able to run in the day or how many things I'm able to do before my brain just explodes. So for you guys, when, when self-care collapse, not self-care, when work-life balance collapses or on the days that you don't do a very good job, because there are days and that happen to everyone, what do you feel like gets compromised first? For me, it's physical health. Like I, when I get overwhelmed at work and I think about making dinner and going to bed and all of that stuff, I'm like, man, I definitely don't have time to work out today versus I could say like, man, I don't have time to read my book tonight, but I never do. So what is it for you guys? I think at the end of the day, I can usually make time to be like, I'm just going to go to bed early tonight. And I feel like physically that might be all that I need, at least if it's in like a short term kind of a, a deal. But I mean, I think for me, just like emotionally and socially a little bit, that's where I start to collapse and crumble a little bit where it's like, you know, I'm not making enough time for myself and I'm having a hard time finding the time to make time for myself. And then I feel like I get super intolerable, just highly irritable. My fuse is so short and it's like, I recognize this is happening and there's no way for me to like stop the cycle once it's started. And I just feel like a horrible person all around. Oh, <laughs> I know. I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, I look at my fiance and I'm just like, I know I'm being a B right now, but I like, once I'm in the cycle, it's really hard for me to get out of it. And it's, yeah, it's rough sometimes. Yep. Yep. I feel like I'm, um, like a bulldozer of no matter what's going on. Like I'm going to get the stuff done that I need to, like I wake up every morning and I work out first thing I go to work, I'm going to cook dinner. I'm going to do the things, but I'm going to be an asshole while I'm doing it. (laughs) Like, you know, I, I, I am not someone who can give up the things that I need to do. Like I'll barrel through my to-do list, but I, that just like Kara said, short fuse, like man, you know, the, the meme about the person who your gene, your belt loop on your jeans never gets caught on the door handle until you're about to lose your, lose your mind. That's, <laughs> I dropped my pencil and I, what was it the other day? Oh my gosh. I spilled my whole water bottle at work oh. and it was one of those days. And I looked at my coworker and I said, I, I need you to not judge me for being, being about to cry because that was the straw and it broke the camel's back. Oh, <laughs> just unbearable. (laughs) I've had those days. I had a day I was so stressed about getting to bed and like going to bed on time. And I went to the bathroom before going to sleep and we were out of toilet paper. And I like slammed the door on my way out. I was like, Henry, we're out of toilet paper. And he's like, uh, there's some in the closet. And I'm like, I know, (laughs) just like (laughs) grabbed it and was just so cranky. And I, to apologize the next day for yelling about it. Not that I wasn't yelling, mad at him for it. I was just mad at the situation of like, this is the, this is the worst thing that could happen to me right now. And it's really not that big of a deal at all. It feels like it though. <laughs> In the moment. <laughs> Do you guys think that work-life balance and balancing all of this is harder now that you're a clinician versus in school? Or do you think it was harder in school? I feel like it was, it was harder during shorter periods of time in school, if that makes sense. Like it was impossible to work life balance during like midterms, finals, 
Yeah. But all the rest of the time it was like, I'm done studying. I'm going to go to the bars. I'm going to hang out <laughs> with my friends. I'm not going to think about school where now it's like, there's no midterm or finals week, but um, I'm just kind of at this like baseline level of stress. There's not always like a, I'm just going to go to the bars and hang out with my friends. Like mostly because my liver is not 21 years old anymore, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's not so much peaks and valleys like it was back then. It's more of a steady stream. That's a good point. And I feel like during school too, it's like you kind of, you, you power through midterms and finals and you have a light at the end of the tunnel. Cause we still had like a week off after that. Usually like we had time off after getting through the hard parts. And now it's kind of like you said, Carly, just this constant and it's like unless you're taking your time off to go on a nice really relaxing vacation you're kind of stuck at status quo and it's like a long time that you have to learn how to manage your time and it's a little bit different and I think on top of that too like when you're in school you have this group of friends that you're just like automatically attached to and you're going to find somebody in that group that's going to be down to do what you want to do whether it is going to the bar or going to a concert or sitting on the couch and hanging out with a glass of wine yeah and now it's like your your group is so much smaller now that you're out in the real world because i mean i know our class didn't all stay in omaha so it's like we're all kind of out on our own now with the smaller group of people and you don't have the blessing of you guys are all going through this shared experience together. You know, like, yeah, we're, you got work friends that you work with, but it's not like, you know, misery loves company like it was back in PT school. I think I was actually worse at work-life balance in PT school. And the reason is because I had this irrational fear of failure back then. Like if you fail a class, then your career is over then you are in thousands and thousands of dollars of debt that you don't know how you're going to pay off because you have no career anymore. And I think because of that, like for me, it was an unhealthy level of fear of it. I think there's a healthy level of being motivated in that space. But for me, I was so afraid of it that it was like the workload never ended. It was like you could study and I I just told you guys that I was extroverted back then and <laughs> would what had FOMO, like I, I did fun things and I hung out with people and I definitely like had some sort of balance. But when you're studying, you go to class all day and you go home and you study and there was no like actual end. It wasn't like an assignment was ending. It was like, you could either study and know this at different levels. You could know it like the back of your hand, you could know it 90% well, 80% well. And so for me to have like an hour that I actually get to leave work, and whether I think about work after I leave or not is <laughs> something I'm still working on, but it's like you leave work and then you technically don't have to think about it unless you need to look something up for a patient and whatnot. So I definitely exercise more now than I did when I was in PT school. I was so bad at that, <laughs> which is so ironic. And I feel like mine was the opposite. It's like having class at eight o'clock. It's like, I would go to the gym at six 30. Cause it was like on campus and I had a classmate that I would go with. And then we would just like walk to class together. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that was really nice. It's like, now that I work four tens and I work at 7am, I'm like, I am not waking up at four 30 to drive to planet fitness, come home, take a shower, get ready. And then drive to work for a 10 hour day. It's like, Ugh. that is just not in my head, a feasible thing that's going to happen. How I'm curious about that though, Kara, how do you feel like your work-life balance has changed with a 10 hour day? Carly, do you work eights? You work tens? Mm, theoretically, I work sure. 
it's been I hear most you. days are tense. <laughs> fair. I've had the weird opportunity of being able to try a lot of schedules because I mean, schedules kind of weird during residency. Cause it wasn't all clinical hours by any means. And it's like, I had two tens then, and then the rest of the week was kind of weird. Um, and then there was like on campus stuff. And then after that, I actually did my first job was four tens with Wednesdays off. And other than the fact that I had zero work-life balance, cause I actually did literally have to take my work home and all that fun stuff. It it was, it was something that was manageable, but then after leaving that job and working PRN for a while at my current job, that was, that was kind of where it was really nice. Cause I had some time where it was like, I was making more per hour, even though I didn't have health benefits, but I was able to kind of rediscover who I was as a person. Cause I had gone uh, eight months basically without doing anything outside of like going to work, eating, going to bed. Because you were documenting so late at home. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So I would bring all my documentation home because I was seeing 16 to 19 patients a day in pelvic health. And it's, it's, it's impossible to document in pelvic health where it's like, at least if you had some more orthopedics, it's like, while they're doing exercises, you can write stuff down. But if you're doing internal manual therapy with a pelvic patient, you can't type and treat it. You mean you can't have one finger in and the other typing yeah, like unfortunately, the hunt and peck style <laughs> on the keyboard. <laughs> yep, nope, <laughs> not an option. <laughs> that, that you should totally... teach that in PT school. <laughs> yeah, how to actually multitask. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's like I had Wednesdays off, but it was like half, like four to five hours on Wednesdays was catching up from documentation on Monday and Tuesday, and then Saturday or Sunday was the same thing, catching up on Thursday or Friday. So it was, it was a lot and hence why I don't work that job anymore. And I was blessed to find another job that gave me a better sense of work-life balance, but being basically part-time PRN allowed me to recognize like, Hey, I do like to read. I do like to work out and run. I like to do these other things. And that was really nice. So what happened was up until the end of this past year, I was working four, eight. So I was only 32 hours a week PRN. And at the beginning of the year, they offered me a full-time job and they're like, just keep your current schedule, but we'll just make it tens. And I was like, fine, that sounds good. That way I can get benefits. It's a good deal. And then since then I have the, I mean, the really nice thing is that I live like two miles from work. So I have the added benefit of not having a long commute to work. So that does help a little bit. Helps a ton. Yeah. (laughs) Since my fiance, who's also a physical therapist is now also doing four tens because I am, and he has a 40 minute commute. So it's, (laughs) those are long days. It's a very long day. And I don't know how he does it, but he does, but I would say for me, I feel like my work-life balance is okay. I've had a nice transition period. So I was able to kind of build back into that four tens, but now I have Tuesdays off. So it's a little weird, but, um, all in all, I think having that extra day off gives me time to do things like go to a doctor's appointment, get my nails done, like on days, like during the week where the place might otherwise not even be open on the weekend. So that part's really nice. It would be nice to have a weekday off. I've, I've been asked before if I would be interested in tens, but I am mainly worried about that, worried about not having any more energy to do anything after getting home. And because during residency, I was tens in the clinic and I was just like prone on the couch after. And granted, part of that was being a resident and not knowing what the hell was going on. But <laughs> now, 
knowing how tired I am after an eight hour day, I would be, I would be nervous about myself, but it would be nice to have that whole extra day off to recharge. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't do tens, but we do weekends. Uh, more in inpatient rehabs, we're open 24 <laughs> seven. Um, but when you work the weekend, you get a day off the week before and a day off the week after so that you're like 40 hours. And, um, those like weekdays off feel like a recharge, like, oh man, it's a Tuesday and I don't have to get up and go to work. And, um, just like Kara said, you schedule stuff, um, you know, two days a month where you get to not be at work on a weekday is nice, but you need it after the weekends. (laughs) (laughs) That would, yeah, that would be nice. But some, most of the time I'm happy not to work weekends, but there are some times when Henry, if we take a Friday off or something, he can just work the Sunday before and not take PTO. And I, that flexibility is really nice that I don't have. That's the only thing that kind of sucks about my schedule right now is because I, I work at one clinic Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I work at a different clinic only on Thursdays. And the reason why is because they'll have PRN help for ortho come in on my off days at the other clinic. So that's the only thing that I had at my other job that I don't have now, which kind of stinks is that I don't have that flex time where if I'm like, I'm going out of town this weekend, I need Friday off. I can't just work Tuesday to comp for it. And that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Any other last thoughts before we play our prize game? None. None. No more. No more. No work life. This is my work life balance is cutting <laughs> off this conversation. <laughs> Plus the suspense of this game that you've been building up is it's, it's unbearable. Me, Carly. <laughs> so for our final segment, we are gonna play a game. It's called Is This a Taylor Swift lyric or a quote from Shakespeare? have you guys played this before no No. okay good (laughs) but it sounds like something that would be on that show billy on the street with billy eichner i don't know if either of you watched that (laughs) that's funny i so i got this idea from a friend who got it from a radio station so i can't take all the credit but are you ready yes yep the first quote is you and i are past our dancing days Oh, that has to be Taylor's. I'm trying to think of what the, is it like song lyrics? Do you know? Oh yeah. They're, if it's Taylor Swift, they're all from a song. Okay. Okay. Yep. I'm going Taylor. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Shakespeare. It is Shakespeare. What? That was (laughs) another game. I'm going to be real bad at. Can't wait. (laughs) Okay. Number two. Dreamers often lie. Shakespeare. Yeah, I agree. Taylor Swift. It is Shakespeare. Okay. All right. Yeah. Is somebody keeping score? <laughs> it's the first time I've ever got anything right on the show. <laughs> I'm going to keep my own tallies. <laughs> okay, number three. You're untouchable, burning brighter than the sun. Taylor. Taylor. Mm, yep. Taylor. It is Taylor. All right. We got one. Yay, team. All right. Number four. Time turns flames to embers. Mm. That also sounds Taylor. 
I'm going to go Shakespeare. Taylor. It is Taylor. Yeah. Son of a. <laughs> Hopeful they'll be and long they will wait. Shakespeare. Shakespeare. It's got to be, right? It is. It is Shakespeare. <laughs> okay. We're getting better. Take him and cut him out into little stars. Sounds real folklory. I'm going Taylor Swift. I'm going Shakespeare. Taylor. It is Shakespeare. Nice. All right. <laughs> you asked me for a place to sleep, lock me out, and threw a feast. Taylor. I actually know this one, so I'm not going to answer. Taylor. Yeah. Look what you made me do. Ah, yes. Yeah, I recognize that one right away. Have you guys seen Taylor's documentary on Netflix? No. No. Okay, it's actually very good, and I gained a ton of respect for her from it, of how hard she works, and she writes all of her own music and stuff, so. Well, I have a ton of respect for Shakespeare. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, as you got so many right. (laughs) Uh, You know what? Burn. You're, I deserve that. <laughs> we should do this another time and do uh, Kanye or the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay. I like it. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. As I mentioned at the beginning, please leave us your comment on Instagram. We would truly love to hear it. And we hope you join us in a few weeks for our next episode.